G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, a team of human rights advocates are preparing now to head for Cambodia. They're going to provide legal human rights training for community leaders and NGOs. They'll also be running a trafficking prevention program for children and a mother's and baby clinic. They're leaving our shores mid-February for two weeks and they'll be on the ground in Cambodia for that time getting alongside people who are able to understand and take up this challenge of what it is to prepare people in such a way so that these legal rights issues can be implemented. Andrea Takaji is leading the team. She's the executive founding director and human rights advocate of Fighting for Justice Foundation. Andrea is joining us. Hello, Andrea. Welcome back to 2020. Thanks so much, Neil, for having me. Andrea, when you leave our shores, you're in Cambodia. You're actually partnering with churches and organisations on the ground. Yes, absolutely, Neil. Uh, It's important and extremely imperative uh, when uh, we do human rights outreach, as I call it, to partner with uh, organisations, communities on the ground. So the the resources, the tools that we provide the community is uh, long-term. It's sustainable and it stays within those communities. You are off to Cambodia. What can you tell us about the atmosphere, about the way that the culture in Cambodia has, uh, first of all, survived and whether it's thriving after uh, those dreadful times under Pol Pot and the Khmer Rouge regime and people who were traumatised and very, very vulnerable and it takes generations often to recover from that. Uh, What do you understand about the Cambodian people today? Mm, Absolutely, Neil. It does take generations. Uh, And as my own personal story shows, I mean, my family and I escaped a communist regime and um, most of my family is still back in Europe and they're still, um, you know, experiencing the aftermath and effects of uh, communism psychologically, if not um, practically, in their communities. Of course, they're part of the EU now, but there's such a period of transition and Cambodia is experiencing that at the moment. So even though uh, their current... Prime Minister Hun Sen was um, elected <laughs> democratically. Um, he is a man, unfortunately, that does um, does not have clean hands. Is a legal term we use, and uh, so in in terms of a, a community recovering, of course, uh, there is those levels of trauma, and uh, you know, rebuilding of, of infrastructure. But leadership is everything. Uh, in terms of rebuilding a community. So at the moment, generations are not only affected by the trauma that they've personally seen and experienced, but that's affecting, unfortunately, their choices, their decision-making 
And there are families who are selling their children and making unhealthy choices and unhealthy decisions, unaware of the full extent and consequences of those decisions. Let's talk about clean hands for a moment, because as you say, it's uh, a way you can talk about it in a legal way. Uh, But what you're referring to is what has been able to grow in Cambodia, the idea of a fairly widespread corruption, whether that be through uh, business and enterprise or whether it's there in government. But uh, it's a, a dreadful situation if you've got all of the human rights challenges to deal with because in a yeah. corrupt setting, it's not so easy to be able to get on top of those. Exactly right. So if leadership... Uh, do not have clean hands, as we call it. And there are those layers of human rights abuses. And of course, the traumas within community and a lack of infrastructure rebuilding. There are, there's a, a, a perfect storm, so to speak, for poverty and exploitation to occur. And that's what we're seeing in Cambodia. The Prime Minister of Cambodia recently targeted attack on NGOs and humanitarian aid workers, the very people who are there in the country trying to make a difference, trying to address these human rights abuses and violations. And so we're not only seeing corruption, but we're also seeing things such as arbitrarily denial of NGO registration. Uh, Also, authorities in Cambodia involved in cases of arbitrary detention, torture and other ill treatment of their own citizens. And if the NGOs and human rights advocates aren't there to speak out on behalf of the vulnerable, on behalf of those who cannot speak for themselves, it's a really dire situation. I imagine that when you're on the ground there and you're providing legal human rights training, that you're interested in raising up people who are within their own culture there in Cambodia, who are able to Mm. know their rights and to be able to stand up for those who are being oppressed and those who are vulnerable. Absolutely. I think this is absolutely key in any community for community leaders to understand their rights, know the processes and mechanisms whereby they can advocate on behalf of their own communities, know the struggles within their own communities and try and make a difference from within. So it's really important to have this grassroots movement of advocates. But it's also imperative, of course, then to partner with, uh, for example, law enforcement and local government uh, to build a relationship there and also uh, build those mechanisms for advocacy. So it has to be a top-down, bottom-up approach for advocacy. Andrea, stay with us. We'll continue our conversation in just a short while. Uh, I'll give people the website, though, uh, fightingforjusticefoundation.com to know some more about the work that Andrea is involved in. We're back with more in just a few moments. We're taking a little time to talk about a team that's about to embark on a significant exercise heading for Cambodia to provide legal human rights training for community leaders and NGOs. It's a tough place to work and it takes generations to recover from what's happened with the trauma and the vulnerability that has resulted from past regimes like the Pol Pot regime, the Khmer Rouge. 
Well, Andrea Takaji is our guest. We're talking through some of the issues that Andrea is about to embark on. Andrea, come back to the families. Uh, A lot of families living on something like $2 a day. Uh, It it doesn't create an opportunity, does it, for families to get ahead and get on top of some of the big challenges they face? That's right. And in fact, unfortunately, there's a culture whereby families encourage their children to go out and beg for that two US dollars a day instead of investing in their education or prioritising their education. Again, this is uh, something that needs to be addressed in terms of the rights of the child under international uh, human rights law and the Convention on the Rights of the Child. That child has a right to education and up to a certain age, up to 16. So things like that educating the community and empower them to make those healthy choices. For example, uh, providing the parents with an alternative and talking to them about the long-term benefits of their child being educated. But of course, because that doesn't occur, not only are children out there begging for the two US dollars a day, they're also extremely susceptible and vulnerable to exploitation, abuse and all sorts of horrific things, including from Australian sex tourists Now, we often will think that, you know, there are basic services in place, uh, places where people can get help. But I imagine that in Cambodia, uh, things are not in that uh, state where there is no real basic services. So when you talk about Mm. going and providing legal human rights training, this is the sort of thing that you want people on the ground in Cambodia to be able to sustain beyond your being there. Mm, Is is this the sort of thing that you try to set up as some form of infrastructure that people can then connect to and find help when they need it? Yes. So every time Fighting for Justice Foundation does our international outreach work, we always partner with organisations on the ground, churches, uh, community leaders on the ground, so that we help them help their community. We empower them. It's about empowering those local communities. And of course, um, hopefully there's a sustainability around that. But of course, there's a lot of cultural uh, implications when, when dealing with these communities. For example, we're going to a rural remote area, three hours north of the capital. And in this area, they have nothing. I'm talking literally nothing. There's no infrastructure. There's no health clinics. There's no schools for miles. In fact, a church recently built a well for the community so they can have fresh water. But the people are afraid to drink it because they they think it's Jesus water, which they don't know what that means. But there's superstition around who built the well and what where the water's come from. So again... The, the real implications around lack of education, r- lack of awareness um, of, of the community uh, on, on these basic needs to subsist leads them again to vulnerabilities. So, for example, there have been families who've sold their girls to uh, men in China. So there was a case of a family selling their 13-year-old girl to a man uh, in China as a wife. And unfortunately, after they were married and she had his child, two years later, he was basically done with her. So he rejected her, kept the child. Now this girl's rejected out of her community as well as from her husband. She has nowhere to go and no education. She's in a really difficult situation 
Well, if you're going to provide some level of long-term sustainable change, you can't do that just with one team going for two weeks. Uh, you've got to have uh, you've got to have an ability to keep going back and mm. getting a community on its feet, being able to uh, sustain its own uh, capacity to be able to care for uh, those who are vulnerable, those who are mm. poverty stricken. I imagine mm. that you are looking for people to partner with you in the way that you're going to go about these uh, journeys into Cambodia. Absolutely. So there's there's a great need for resources. We're taking along with us. Uh, some medical supplies to set up a women's and babies clinic. Uh, we're also taking across supplies such as books to create a mobile library for people to access in their villages. We're also taking uh, visual aids to teach uh, community leaders and leave it with them so they can teach their community on the dangers of trafficking. So these are resources that we can leave with the organisation we're partnering with as well as the local church. And hopefully these resources will be utilised long after we're gone. But as you say, there is that ongoing continual relationship that needs to be developed through the organisations, through the local communities and the local churches. And it's best done in person. You know, these communities, because they have been traumatised, they often take a long time to trust. And of course, um, fellowship, sharing a meal, uh, praying with them are so integral and important in building that trust and showing that it's we're not bringing any agenda. We're really there just to bless the community, to, to see them thrive and to flourish. So it is important uh, to send resources and to have teams go annually and and to provide these uh, services. Andrea, uh, sending finance, uh, having those provisions that you're talking about, and uh, you do mention uh, having teams that can go annually, and I imagine that there's no team too big. Uh, You'd want some people. Do you have to have some special qualification, though, to be able to teach people about legal uh, human rights training? What sort of people would qualify to be a part of the sorts of teams that you're running? Common sense and a willing heart. (laughs) I I provide the training for the teams and I provide um, some human rights uh, training handbooks. So uh, that's fine. You don't need to be a lawyer (laughs) to go, but you have to have common sense. You have to have a willing heart. You have to have a love for people and uh, not afraid to sit down in the dirt and to pray with those who are extremely vulnerable, those who are extremely poor, you know, these people living in poverty and, of course, um, unaware of some of the information that we have that we can share with them. Well, Andrea, I should let people know you're based in Canberra, but no doubt you'd like to have contact with people wherever they might be listening around Australia if there's some way that they can get involved in the sort of work that you're doing. Andrea Takaji, our guest, she is the Executive Founding Director and Human Rights Advocate for Fighting for Justice Foundation. And I guess the thing that sets Fighting for Justice Foundation apart from a lot of other ministries and organisations that go in and work in places like Cambodia is that, Andrea, you're all about the prevention. Prevention is one of the key elements of what you do. Absolutely. So Fighting for Justice Foundation's focus on prevention, of curbing the demand of human trafficking before it begins, uh, expresses itself through advocacy, 
education and outreach. And this, of course, is the international outreach element of our work. Well, Andrea, pointing people to that website, fightingforjusticefoundation.com. Andrea, great talking to you. Let's do this again sometime soon. Thanks for being with us on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.